just we're, we're now in this uh, looking at priorities, priorities in prayer last week, Godward prayer. Then we saw it is okay to pray for ourselves. We saw that all the reason it is okay to pray for ourselves uh, is that all our uh, needs are supplied by the Lord. Uh, and then we saw that prayer is communal. So that's kind of, you know, what this breakup of sort of Godward prayers and usward prayers, that's what it can teach us. Well, now, now it's time to look at those specific things in that second table. So if the second table is these usward sort of prayers, what are the things that we're supposed to be praying for ourselves, for us as a body? What sort of things are we lifting up for one another, for our own sake and the sake of each other? So let's look now at this fourth request. Let's stand in the honor of reading God's word. And then we'll go through this this fourth request. So let's start in verse 9. We'll read this Lord's Prayer, and then we'll, we'll look at this fourth request. It says, pray then, Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Father, it is our prayer today, right now, that God, you will be glorified in all that we do. I thank you, Father, uh, for your word. I thank you for what it teaches us. And I pray, Father, that we'd know just a little bit better how to pray for each other today, uh, how to pray for your body and what we are asking you to do for us, uh, and all of it for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so uh, this is the first thing in that second table. The first thing we're supposed to ask for our, for our brothers and sisters is give us this day our daily bread. So we'll spend a, a couple weeks looking at what does it mean to ask God to give us this day our daily bread? How are we supposed to think of that request? What are we asking the Lord to do? And, and I'll admit on the, on the surface it, it almost seems weird that to even tell God, give, right? It almost seems weird to go to God and be like, give us. Uh, hey, so your name, uh, your kingdom, your will, now give us stuff. Uh, and so we want to understand, you know, why, why, how can you and I, right, creatures, not, certainly not the creator, and fallen creatures at that, right? How can we ever go to God with the word give. How can we ever go and say, give us? And I think, I think that trepidation is somewhat correct. I mean, you, you see anybody who's in the presence of the Lord, their first words out of their mouth aren't, give me. Uh, the first words out of their mouth are normally, don't kill me. Uh, and so the idea that in prayer, it's really, I think, astounding that God tells us to ask him to give us. To give us, to give us our daily bread, to meet our needs. Today we're going to look at how we can ask God to give, how that's possible, how asking God to give is actually a good thing, a needed thing in the Christian life. Why, of all things, Christ would command us to go to the Father and say, give us our daily bread. So what can we learn about? That's that's what we're going to look at, asking God to give. What do we need to think about when we come and ask God to give to us? What can we learn about God uh, and and God giving us 
from this request. The first thing I think we can learn is our daily needs, and something we must remember, our daily needs are a request, not a demand. Our daily needs are a request, not a demand. It's important for us to remember that prayer is asking God. This is why it's good for us to know that prayer is asking, not just talking to God. We're not just coming to God and saying, saying, give us this. We're coming to God and we're asking for these things. Prayer is asking these things of our Heavenly Father. So these words are not a demand, but instead a request. We are asking God for our most basic needs. And we're going to talk about what it means, our, our daily bread, uh, in the next couple of weeks but we must, we must never forget that whatever it is, we are asking God. There is nothing in this world that we can t- come to God as if we can demand it of Him. And, and think about how humbling this, this prayer is. This prayer teaches us that we are all beggars, all of us. We live... You and I, it can be so easy to forget this, and we'll talk about how this can be the curse of when, when we live and where we live. That we forget we're, we're surviving upon the alms of our Heavenly Father. And that if at any moment He decides not to give us our daily bread, you don't have a 401k big enough to meet your own needs. You don't have financial security stable enough to meet your daily needs. He can wipe, if he determines to wipe out your daily bread, it will be gone from your very hand. We live upon the alms of our heavenly Father. And so asking God to give even something like our daily bread, asking God, God, give me my daily needs, can be a good reminder to us that we have nothing and God owes us nothing. We cannot even demand bread of our God. We must ask it. We can expect it, as we're going to talk about. We can expect it because God is a good father, but we cannot demand it. It might seem like a, a, a small matter to ask God for this, but, but realize what we deserve. And what we still deserve with every sin. To ask the God we sin against. To provide for us what we need. What instead, what we we deserve, often daily, is not bread. What we deserve is to be dead. That's what we deserve, even, even now. Even as believers. I mean, when we, when we confess our sins, it does cleanse us from all unrighteousness, but it not from all consequence. And you say, I mean, if you're just even walking through the scriptures, think about it. In Joshua 7, what story do we have? That we have this sin of Achan. Achan struck dead. For what? For keeping for himself the things devoted to the Lord. Achan, who kept a cloak and some silver and gold for himself. keeping from the Lord what was devoted for him. How guilty have we been of that same thing? 
How often are we tempted to know what we should give to the Lord and we don't? Of course, am I, can I be talking about finances? Of course, that's on the most surface level. What we can obviously see is God deserves my silver and gold and there are times that I keep it back when I know I should give it to him. That he has given it to me so that I would give it to him so that his work and his kingdom could grow instead of me worrying about mine. I mean, you look at a- Aiken. it's funny, Aiken had a life... Just, I mean, just how we, the same way we determine a good life, he had a life filled with donkeys and sheep and oxen, right? Just like anybody. Uh, And yet, and yet, that wasn't enough for him. He needed more. Even keeping what was God's. And how tempted are we to do the same? And in many ways, you want to talk about how we could, when we're asking God, give us bread, we recognize that what we can't demand it of God because what we deserve, even as we dare ask for bread, we deserve to die because what we've stolen from the Lord, we don't even hide under our tents. It streams openly on our TVs. It sits clearly in our driveway. It's found in the extra square footage we had to have. It's seen in our kids' education or our family vacation. And that's not even, and that's not even talking about an even greater devoted thing to the Lord. Our lives. Your lives were bought with a price. They are His. And yet we, like so many Achans, say, no, I'm going to live the way I want to. And in every instance that we do that, God could strike us dead, and rightly so, and us meet him in heaven and say, Lord, I'm I'm sorry I did that. (laughs) What do we deserve from God? We deserve what Achan got. Or think about Uzzah. Uzzah, 2 Samuel 6, struck dead for touching the ark as it fell. If he was struck dead for mishandling the ark... How deserving of death are we for mishandling the temple that is our bodies? With our mouths, we have his temple spew forth things like gossip, slander, complaining. That's what we have his temple spit out instead of righteousness. Filling our minds with unholy thoughts. Excusing sin. And filling his temple with with so much trash that is the choices that we've made to where our temple of the Lord is filled with so many, you know, cigarette butts of sin sort of scattered about. When our lives are supposed to be holy. Or how about the spies? What did they do? The spies in Numbers 14. They were struck dead for doubting God could defeat their enemies. Their giant enemies. But how many of us have doubted the same? When we look at, at the struggles or our, our struggles or our fears, and they seem too large for us to trust God to defeat them. Think about Moses. God loved Moses. Yet in Deuteronomy 34, God took him to a mountaintop to kill him. To kill him before he could enter the promised land, though he was healthy. Scripture makes a point of letting us know that. Why? Because of his sin at Meribah. And we Christians have sinned a thousand Meribahs. 
A thousand moments where we've not treated the Lord with the holiness he deserves. That moment of not treating the Lord with the holiness he deserved and the consequence that came with it. What you deserve is not daily bread. What we deserve is daily death. And we must remember that. We must remember that when we come to the Lord, that we come to Him not with a demand, but with a request. So remember that when you pray these things, when you come and we start to break into the second table and we say, give us. Remember that when you lift up that prayer, you remember what you did deserve. So that when you ask it, you don't ask it as if you're demanding something of your God. Because you know what you have deserved a thousand times over in your life, even as a believer. Which is not to have your eternal life touched, but to have your physical life ended. So that when you pray, you're saying, this thing that I'm asking for, I know I don't deserve it. And I know what I do deserve. I know, Lord, what you could rightly send me. What you could rightly send to me and to me and to my family. And yet I also know who you are. And I know that you, whom I've sinned against, are the same one who told me to ask you. And to ask you for everything. And so I come and I do what you told me to do, but I do it not with a sense of pride and demand, but requesting of my Father. Please give me my daily bread, even though I know what I deserve. I'm asking you, God, to be gracious to me and to feed me as my Father. So when you ask for daily bread, remember what God could give you, what you deserve. So when you ask it, it's not a demand. The second thing, our daily needs are a gift, not a debt. So even even our daily sustenance is a gift from God. It's not a due, it's not a payment that God is paying us back for. It is a gift that God will give and will faithfully give. But it remains a gift still. Because what can happen is we can think, oh, the reason God gives me my daily bread is because I've been really good. Right? And so if a Christian is really good, then God will give them their daily bread. So we talk about the consequences. And yeah, I can't, I can't demand this of God because I know what I deserve. But, you know, I've done these good things. So now God's going to give me my daily bread. So what about the good we've done? Doesn't that good deserve God to at least feed us? But remember, what does the Bible tell us? That even the offerings we bring to God, even the good that we do, we're just giving to Him what He has already given to us. We're not giving to Him something that we have made up, something that we have done. All of it, the ultimate source of what we give, either financially or in our lives, comes back to Him and His hand. We see this in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 14, the people, if you remember, the people are going to build a temple to the Lord, and they're real excited. The people are excited. They're very excited to give, and they're, they're excited because they, they get to give, and, and not just because they get to give, they get to give, and what that means about their hearts, they're like, I can't believe we're willingly giving. Like, the Lord must really have, you know, changed our hearts. But look at what David says about all that they've given. Look at what he says in 1 Chronicles 24, or 29, 14. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. 
you jump down to verse 16, he says, Oh Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. David was, was talking about the temple, but this is true of everything we've ever been given by God and everything we've ever given to God. That everything we give to God has ultimately come from his hand in the first place. The heart that moved you to give is a heart that he gave you. Otherwise, we would all be miserly with our money. The funds that you gave are funds that he gave you to give to him. This is the same thing that Paul is going to point out in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're giving to God from what he has already given to us. God owes us nothing. God has no debt to us. Everything we have, the good that we own and the good that we do, all comes back to his hand. All comes back to what he has done for us and in us. When we, so when we pray this prayer, we must always remember this is a gift that we are asking of God. It is a gift that God loves to give. It is a gift that God freely gives. It is a gift that God commands us to ask for, yes. But it is always a gift. So when you're thinking about your daily needs, remember, God meeting your daily needs is never deserved. And it's never owed. It is always a gift. But with that, we can still ask with great confidence. So we ask with confidence, not with doubt. So we're, we're asking these things from God. Does that mean we should come to God doubting? He's going to give it to us because he doesn't owe us and, and we owe him. Does that mean we, can, we should come to God like, I'm really not sure if you even want to do this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. No, the Bible says you can actually ask with great confidence for God to answer these prayers. Our requests, our requests are just that. They're requests. The answer may be undeserved. But that doesn't mean that we're praying without an expectation of God to answer. Remember, we are not, we are not some, you know, serf, you know, running to an unknown king asking us to supply, him, supply us from his great storehouses. We are children who are going to our Father. And so God wants us here to expect our Father to answer. In fact, it is not our pride in believing God will answer that is a problem. There's a problem in believing God must answer. There's a problem in believing God should answer. There's not a problem in believing God will answer. In fact, the Bible says rather than worrying that God, rather than expecting God to answer us being a problem, the Bible says we have more of a problem. It's more dangerous in worrying that he won't answer. That's the more dangerous temptation for our, for our hearts, is that while we're praying it, we'll be thinking, God's not going to do this. That's the one Scripture actually warns us to worry about. And Jesus tells us that just a couple of verses later in Matthew 6, down in verse 31 and 32. So he just told us to ask God to give us this daily bread. And look at what he says. He says, therefore, don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? You know, don't be anxious about the... Your daily bread things. Why? 
He says, because the Gentile have to seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. It's pagans. It's pagans that have to worry uh, about whether or not their needs are going to be met. It's pagans that have to worry about that. And so they have to seek after these things themselves. Why? Because their gods aren't going to answer them. Because their gods aren't there. Why do we not have to seek after them? Because our Father knows that we need them. The Gentiles have to seek after these things. But our Father knows we need them. The implication is, and so he's going to give them. That's really been, if, if we'll remember, the whole point of the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. We can sometimes miss that. We can forget how the Lord's Prayer began after we've spent so much time sort of walking through it. We can forget the context that Jesus delivered it in. But look in the verses right before the Lord's Prayer began. Look at verses 7 and 8. Right before he says, pray then like this. Look at what he says in Matthew 6, 7, and 8. How did this, how did this prayer begin? And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So here we see that you combine this with uh, verse 32 from the previous one. Your Heavenly Father knows what you need. And here we see again, don't be like the Gentiles who have to keep talking and talking and talking, hoping to get their gods to do something. Why do you not have to talk and talk and talk? Because your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. In other words, the implication is your Heavenly Father is going to give them to you. So you, you can confidently ask Him. When you come to Him and ask, you can ask with confidence, not because you deserve it, not because He owes it to you, not because you are good, but because He is. Because He is a good Father. And he knows you need it. He knows what you need. He knows more of what you need than you even know about what you need. And so when we pray, give us, we can do so confidently knowing that he will. Because we are confident that he is real. And that he really loves us. The two things that the pagans could not know. The pagans, their gods weren't real, so they have to seek after these things. And the pagans, their gods don't love them, so they have to use many, many words to try and convince them to do something. Our God's not like that. So we can ask with confidence, knowing that he is real and that he loves us. When we don't have confidence, we fall into one of those pagan traps. Why do you not have confidence to ask your Heavenly Father? Do you not think that he is real? Why are you not going to God with your daily needs? And if you do, when you say, God, give us today our daily bread, why do you doubt? As James warned us, is it because you don't actually think your God is real? Or is it because you don't think your God really loves you? And you're saying that your God's no different than the pagans. Confidence in our God is what separates us from the pagan unbelievers. Because our God is real, and so is his love for us. So when you ask him, give us, ask it with confidence, not as a demand, not as a debt, but confidently in him, not in you. Confidence not in you, but in him. The last thing of this give us 
is this phrase, give us, is a command. It is a command to ask God to give us. Jesus says, when you pray, ask God to give you these things. Pray like this. And none of us would say, none of us would say, well, I don't know that I really need to pray for his kingdom. None of us would say, well, I don't know that I really need to pray for his will to be done. Here, the same thing. We don't get to fudge out on the, the last sections either. Here, God is commanding us to give. It's like we talked about at the beginning. It can feel weird for God to, to, to go to God and for us to say to God, hey, give us. But who is the one commanding us to ask these things of God? It is God commanding us in his word through his son to tell us, hey, you know, this isn't us reading like some random section of one of Job's friends uh, and we're going, I don't know if this is a good thing that he's saying or a bad thing. I don't know what to do with this. Uh, That's not what we've got going on here. This is the son of God in the word of God telling us when you pray to God, you say, our father who's in heaven, give us. That's how we're supposed to pray. That's how we're commanded to pray, just as much as we're commanded to pray for his name, just as much as we're commanded to pray for his kingdom, just as much as we're commanded to pray for his will, We are, and to pray for his forgiveness, and to not be led into temptation, and to be delivered from evil. We are just as much commanded to go to God and say, give us this day our daily bread. Now why? Why would God command us to ask him for our daily needs. There are a couple of reasons that scripture lays out. One, like we hinted at just a moment ago, it shows the genuineness of our faith. It shows the genuineness of our faith. Asking God to give shows that we have faith in him and not in ourselves. I have to ask God to give because I know he can provide and I cannot provide for myself. I know it does me no good in the end for me to seek myself my daily bread. If God is not real, then we will not ask him. Asking God to give us this shows that we have faith in him. I mean, there is, there is for Christians a temptation for us not to ask God to give because we're too busy having to spend our lives trying to get. We're too busy seeking to stop all that seeking and just take a moment and say, God, I need you to give me my daily bread. I mean, how many times have our lives been too busy for us to have a prayer time in the morning even asking God these things? Did you ask God for your daily bread this morning? I didn't. I had time. I didn't have time to ask him for my daily bread. I had to get to work. I had to do this. I had to do that. And why did you have to do those things? Because if I don't do those things, my daily needs aren't going to be met. I'm not going to get my daily bread if I don't get it. I mean, God is the one, if we, God is the one we should chiefly be turning to. God shows, uh, saying give to God shows our confidence is in him, not in ourselves. Calvin said, it is indeed the true proof of our faith when we ask nothing but from God. And not only acknowledge him uh, to be the only fountain of all blessings. Asking God to give is the faith seen in like a Sabbath rest. It's the faith seen in a Sabbath rest. 
In a world where we think we need to be busy in order to survive, a world where if you picture yourself back in their world where you worked seven days a week because you wanted to make sure you got seven days worth of crops and you got all this stuff done. And, and you know, as you talk to farmers today, like, there's no day you can stop. They say, well, that, that was true 6,000 years ago, too. And they were commanded to stop on the seventh day. There's always, and they didn't even have, they didn't even have automated uh, tractors and whatnot. Uh, so, so there's this moment where they have to stop. Why? To be taught, you don't need to labor. What you need is me. I am the one who provides your daily bread. And in a world where we can get so busy and so much to do and so much has got to be done for our needs to be met, this prayer, give us, is a sort of Sabbath prayer. It is a moment where we, we force ourselves to stop work and stop seeking And to say, God, you've got to give me my daily bread. And I want to make sure before I go and labor that I recognize my daily bread is going to come from you. And my faith is not in all the seeking I'm about to do, not in all the the labor that I'm about to do, and that is good for me to do. My chief, I, I know that in the end, my bread comes not from my hand, but from yours. So when you pray, God, give us our daily bread, you are showing your faith. God commands us to give our daily bread because not only does it show our faith, but it shows that we recognize that everything comes from him. Like, like, like Calvin said, that he is the fountain of all blessings. What does scripture tell us? James tells us in James 1.17 that every good and every perfect gift comes from God. What did John the Baptist say? He added in John 3.27 that a person cannot receive one thing unless it is given him from heaven. Paul tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 4.7, What do you have that you did not receive? This prayer, give us, is putting those texts to flesh. When we pray, give us, we're we're forced to live out those realities. I need bread, and I know if I'm going to get bread, like anything else good in my life, it's going to have to come from you, God. I know every good and perfect thing is going to come from you, so if I need bread to survive today, it's got to come from your hand. Anything that I'm going to get, I'm going to have received. I can't get anything in my life. Nothing can I receive unless it is given to me by you from heaven. It's a recognition that we only get when God gives. And how many of us need to be forced by God to realize this? I only get in my life when God gives. And in this prayer, God stops us and says, remember that. Remember James 1.17. Remember John 3.27. Remember 1 Corinthians 4.7. Remember... All of it comes from me, and then ask, then pray, then say, God, give us this day our daily bread. Not only that, asking God to give, why does he command us to do that? Because not only does it show our faith, but it grows our faith. It grows our faith. The the Bible tells us, and, and the Foundry students could tell you this, that whoever is faithful in little, I just want to do that. You don't have to answer. I saw you start to answer. I appreciate that. Uh, I just didn't want you to feel like you had to stand up and say it. Uh, will be faithful in much. 
The Bible actually says this in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. One who is faithful in very little will also be faithful in much. So this is going to grow our faith. How? Because when God faithfully does meet our daily needs, it's going to give us confidence that he's going to meet our even more important needs. So why does God ask you to, to give you your daily bread? So that you will know he will give you the bread that lasts longer than today that you will see him be faithful in the little, so that you will know he is going to be faithful in the much. God providing your daily bread is the thing that will let you know when you die, you will not stay dead. Because he who promised to to give your daily bread has done so. And if he has been faithful in the little, he will be faithful in the much. So take, for example, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, when it says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, if God has been meeting our needs every day, if he has been providing for us every day, then we can believe him when he makes that even greater promise. If God's been feeding you every day, if God's been meeting your needs all the time, then as you start to face death, you will not be afraid. Why? Because the God you're about to meet is the one who has fed you every day of your life. You have asked him to feed you, and he has. And every day you've said, God, give me today my daily bread. And he has done that. He has done that every day of your life. And you ask it every day so that he can prove it every day. If you don't ask it, he doesn't get to prove it. If you don't ask it, your faith doesn't grow. Instead, your faith in yourself begins to grow. If you ask it every day and see God answer it every day, then you can know when you ask him, when you call upon the name of the Lord to save you, he will do that. Why? Because he has been faithful in the little. He will be faithful in the much. So it grows our faith. That's why God commands us to do it, because asking God to give us the things He's promised to give us will grow our faith in Him. If we do not ask, we miss out on that holification. The other thing is, asking God to give our daily bread prepares us for Christ. We'll talk about this more in the coming weeks. But what does Christ tell us in John 6, 35, that he is? What does he say that he is, of all things? He says, I am the bread of life. By asking God to give us our daily, of all things, our daily bread, we're reminded that there is another daily bread that we need. And we come to God, not just for our physical sustenance, our physical bread, but we come to God every day for our spiritual one as well. We're asking God to give not just our earthly needs, but our spiritual needs. So when you say, give us our daily bread, your mind is recognizing the shadow truth. Feed me today, but it's also recognizing I need to be fed from the well that is Christ. And I need him every day. So give us is a command. We must ask God for our daily bread because it it puts our faith to flesh. Do you believe that he provides? Do you believe that he provides you with everything? Then ask him for it. Ask him for it. Whether more food or more faith, God commands us to ask him to give it. So here is our first prayer on our behalf. First words 
for us to God. Seems weird. Seems like it should be the last thing to say, now God, give us. But give us. That's the first thing he tells us to ask of him. Give us our daily bread. This prayer is a request, not a demand. Because we know the only thing we deserve is death. This is a gift, not a debt. God owes us nothing. Every good we've ever done for him has come from his hand. Every good we've ever given to him has come from his hand. But this prayer is one of confidence, not doubt. Praying this prayer shows our confidence in God, that God is real and that he really loves us. And we must remember this prayer is a command, a command that puts our faith to the test, a command that makes us live what we say we believe that everything comes from him. Where we turn proves what we believe. May you turn to him and not to yourself. Let's pray. Just take a moment and ask God to give you a right insight into your prayers, into asking him to give. Maybe you, maybe it's been easy for you to ask God to give, but you've been flipping about it. You're, you are coming to God with demands. You are coming to God expecting that he must answer you. You're coming to God as if he owes you. Remember, remember what Remember what you deserve. Remember what the consequences could be for the sin that you've committed possibly on the way to church today. It deserved death, not an eternal one, because your sins have been paid for in Christ, but the consequence still could have come. Remember what? Remember uh, the things that you've given God? I mean, that heart to give came from Him. The things you gave came from Him. Let us not be so many Achans. Let us not be Uzzas. Let us treat as holy the Lord our God. And let us realize that everything is going to come from His hand and has come from His hand. And ask God for confidence when you pray this that you wouldn't pray like a pagan. That you wouldn't think of God like the pagans have to think of their gods. Do you, do you ask God for your daily bread? Why not? Are you every day saying, God, meet my needs today? One, have you become so complacent that you just assume you don't even you know, need him anymore? Because you've already got all your needs met. You've provided. Every day are you remembering Remembering that it could be gone in a second? That you need him every day? And then remember, this prayer is a command. What a great command. God, give us. To be commanded to ask God to give. Thank God. And ask that he would make you obedient to ask him to give. Let's put our faith to flesh. Let's put the text to our teeth. 
And let's ask our God to give us this day our daily bread. Father, we come to you today. We come to you today knowing that everything that we have in our lives now comes from you and is yours. It is yours. It's from your hand. We're just giving back. Like David said, we're just giving back to you what is yours already, whether in our finances or our time, our lives, whatever it is, God, they are yours. And since everything has come from you, let us remember that everything that is going to continue to come in our lives is going to be from your hand. And so, Father, we come today and we ask, Father, give us today, all of us, feed our families today. Give us the things that we need. In the turbulent world that we live in, Father, we have all these, I mean, we have so many people, I mean, the, the idea of prepping and preppers, who'd have, who'd have even thought, Father, that that would be a concern so long ago? But we see the fluctuating reality of our lives. Sometimes we're forced to laugh at it, Father. May it remind us that you have been the one to feed us every day of our lives. And no matter what happens outside, you will continue to feed us every day. And that we should come to you, not to this world, not to ourselves. We should come to you and say, God, give us this day our daily bread. So, Father, every morning as we wake up, every time we look at our kids, every time we think about our brothers and sisters, may we ask you, Father, to feed each other today. And may our minds be drawn to the greater truth of how you've done that, not just in meeting the needs of of physical bread, but the bread of life that is our Christ. Feed us today, Father, from that loaf, from that bread, that we might find life and life eternal. Give us, Father, that we might live and live forever. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.